All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. What a great weekend it was. Like summer in October. At Acupuncture Friday after waiting six months for a follow-up appointment. And boy, do I feel good today. What'd you do this weekend? All right. This week, we'll start with a couple of guests who came together researching to find answers to a decades-old assassination right in Maryland. The book Chasing Shadows is what came to this. Here's a synopsis. On a warm Saturday night in July 1973 in Bethesda, Maryland, a gunman stepped out from behind a tree and fired five point-blank shots into Joe Alon, an unassuming Israeli Air Force pilot and family man. Alon's 16-year-old neighbor, Fred Burton, was deeply shocked by this crime that rocked his sleepy suburban neighborhood. As it turned out, Alon was not just a pilot. He was a high-ranking military official with intelligence ties. The assassination was never assassin was never found, and the case was closed. In 2007, Fred Burton, who had since become a State Department counterterrorism special agent, reopened the case. In Chasing Shadows, Burton spins the gripping tale of the secret agents, double dealings, terrorists, and heroes he encounters as he chases leads around the globe in an effort to solve this decades-old murder. From swirling dogfights over Egypt and Hanoi to gun battles in the streets of Beirut, this action-packed thriller looks into the dark heart of the Cold War to show how power is used, misused, and sold to the most convenient bidder. So without further ado, let's get Mr. Ted Andre and Mr. Fred Burton on here. Yeah, filmmaker based out here in Los Angeles, and uh, Yosef Alon was one of my father's closest friends, and it's that uh, connection combined with uh, one of his last requests that led me to connect with uh, Fred Burton. Awesome. Look, Fred. Well, thank you very much for having me on, and uh, my name is Fred Burton. I'm a former U.S. State Department uh, counterterrorism special agent and author of the book Chasing Shadows, which is the story of the 1973 assassination of Colonel Joe Alon in my hometown of Bethesda, Chevy Chase, Maryland. Well, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Uh, I'm glad you. you were able to get, get this thing together. I'm also glad Bruce linked us together via the internet, the wild, yes. wonderful world of the internet. So, Ted, I've seen on your, on your bio that you have uh, done a lot of uh, – Producing and such like that. Your dad was Mac V S O G, and then you also had a chance to play with Limp Biscuit. Yeah, I'll I'll give you the, the quick uh, quick story on that. Uh, father, uh, yeah, was in Mac V Sog. I had an uncle who flew SR seventy ones. I was the one who went into the arts, so I had this crazy <laughs> idea of uh, <laughs> moving out to L A with uh, less than a hundred bucks and a guitar and uh, a box of clothes, and ended up uh, auditioning for Ozzy Osbourne. That's the reason I, I came out here. And that was a terrific experience. And that kind of got me into the groove of, uh, of the music industry. And I formed uh, a couple of bands on my own. And uh, one of which was uh, Sister Shotgun, managed by Tammy Shad, who coincidentally is Tao's mother. Terrific mentor. And then uh, The Disciples. And uh, we worked with uh, Charlie Minor, who's a terrific uh, promotions guy. And in shooting the second music video for The Disciples, I met uh, the director who was on set that day, Teo Conorup, and he came to me with an idea about a phone that could communicate with the past. And I wanted to, at that point, I saw the music industry changing, and I wanted to really get into you know, creating film and TV, 
And that was the perfect opportunity. So we teamed up on that, started making our own film. And yes, at that time, I had been approached by uh, Limp Biscuit uh, for the Warp Tour. Uh, terrific, uh, you know, meeting with Fred. We had a lot of the same taste in music, which was awesome. However, I had committed to starting that film and uh, we stayed the course. And that self-financed indie, which we, uh, we essentially put together with uh, advances from credit cards, ended up getting uh, distributed both uh, domestically and internationally. And we were picked up by Showtime, HBO and Netflix. So not too bad for our first time my entry into uh, into the film business. And then That's and in, in the course of doing that, I got to see, you know, to tie it in with our discussion today, just aspects of my father's work. Although I knew from a young age, because what he did is highly classified, that you simply don't ask dad what he does. And there were two things that I learned, you know, from him. One was, I'd like to tell you, but I'd have to kill you. And that was the joke, obviously. And then I knew what sodium pentothal was. I knew that term by the time I was four. So that was, I wanted to avoid that. <laughs> I would hope so, yes. <laughs> and so Fred, move... you have an extent, Fred, you have an extensive background in the counterterrorism uh, uh, field, and then you went into writing after that. How did you two actually get linked together? Well, uh, that's a very interesting story. Uh, Chasing Shadows, uh, the killing of Colonel Joe Alon, who was an Israeli intelligence officer, uh, as... Ted reached out to me. I, I was frankly not surprised because this has been the kind of story over the years where people will read the book or hear an interview or a podcast and say, hey, I know something about that attack. So uh, when Ted first reached out to me, I was not surprised at first because, again, it was not unusual. However, the more Ted and I started talking over the course of several months now, uh, the more I started to learn that I was missing pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. And like any cold case, Richard, there's always missing pieces of the puzzle. And um, Ted and his, his father, who quite frankly was a hero uh, with the U.S. military, his relationship with Colonel Joe Alon is is fascinating. We're still exploring that. Uh, we're trying to delve into that because Ted's dad was working on probably some of the most highly classified projects that the U.S. government had underway. I know that from my intelligence past. So uh, this was a very unique time in America in 1973. You know, we certainly had the days of rage, Watergate, uh, domestic violence, domestic bombings, and and we had uh, uh, tremendous geopolitical events unfolding around the globe, uh, predominantly in the Middle East uh, and with Israel. So, you know, for your listeners, uh, we can't underestimate the significance of Colonel Joe Alon. He was a military attache assigned to the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., which is one of the most prominent and largest posts for the Israeli foreign ministry anywhere in the world. So uh, Colonel Alon was in an instrumental position here in Washington. And quite frankly, so was Ted's dad when he was working at the Pentagon. Yes, wow. and one of the things, to, to Richard's point, one of the things that really struck me is, I recall hearing Joe's name, you know, when we were in, in Virginia. But what really sort of keyed me is, is this was, you know, my dad's last request was essentially, see if you can help figure out who killed my buddy Joe Alon. And this, and when I started to look into it a bit, and and 
ran across Fred and his credentials, it not only did that impress me and the story, you know, floored me, quite frankly, but on top of that, the bits of intel that my father shared with me were completely what I read in an account given by this uh, jackal. And that's kind of what made me uh, really get inspired to, to definitely connect with Fred and at least share what I knew to see how we might put some of the pieces together uh, on the matter because it was so different to what I had read. Wow, and that, that's very interesting. Yeah, in many ways, uh, Richard, as Ted and I have discussed, uh, you, you literally cannot make this kind of stuff up. I, I mean, here uh, you have uh, a political assassination that took place in this sleepy little town in 1973. Uh, you have all the earmarks of just chaos during that time period, meaning, for example, uh, evidence is lost, uh, the family's whisked away. Uh, this is on the heels of the Munich massacre, of the killing of the 11 Olympic athletes in Munich. Uh, you have the wrath of God squads going around the world from the Israeli Mossad uh, assassinating the terrorists that were responsible for Munich. And one of the key aspects or takeaways from uh, my investigation of this that I, I worked on officially when I was a special agent, then picked up the mantle after I left the government and kind of worked on it for damn near 50 years now, is that you know the organization that was responsible for this uh, had also been involved in Munich. And when Ted reached out to me, his father was also on that same path and that same hunt. So we have this convergence of stories that uh, oh, yes. is and let me, simply let me just, amazing. Let me just let me interject, because this is interesting, too, on, on the subject of, of BSO, Black September, certainly not the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Um, we apparently, my family, uh, my mom got a phone call. So shortly after Joe Alon was killed, she was threatened uh, at her dad's house in Minnesota. And this is one of the things my father shared with me. So the same group had targeted us and we were under protection for quite a while in Germany. Again, I knew none of this until very recently. And uh, one of the other remarkable things that my father shared with me about that is when they did call in the threat, it takes some time to assess this. And apparently uh, our side wasn't quick enough to assess. So he uh, engaged Mossad to look after us for a bit. And when he was asked if he needed protection, he said, no, nah, I can handle these guys. Now, to hear that kind of a comment, and again, I knew not too much about dad's background growing up, except it was classified. That really stuck with me as well. Like, what sort of work was this exactly? And how, you know, to Fred's point, like, you know, how can we start to get a better understanding of, all, of, of the whole construct of that? And the fascinating part there, Richard, for your listeners is when Ted shared that information with me about his mother receiving that threatening call, there was actually evidence of similar threatening phone calls that had been made to uh, other members of Colonel Alon's family subsequent to the killing of Colonel Alon. So it's just this confluence of events that is to me is just fascinating and the fact that here you have a u.s war hero ted's dad and a hero of the state of israel a highly decorated fighter pilot uh they're buddies they're friends they're collaborating in some capacity 
And uh, that's just amazing to me. Uh, and the fact that um, um, in the course of my investigation, I was unable to hunt down many people that were actually personal friends with uh, Colonel Olan. I call him Joe. And Ted's dad was one. And the moment that Ted told me that his father's dying wish was to try to get to the bottom of this, uh, I knew, like I've always knew in this case, that uh, this is bigger than both of us. And um, so um, we decided to collaborate and, and try to see what we could put together and make sense of this uh, political assassination that happened in 1973. Wow. Yes, and, uh, and, and, to, I bet. and to Joe, to, uh, to Fred's point, we also have that my father kept, and this was a big piece of us being able to kind of help get the, connect the dots, if you will, where Joe Alon, his wife, Devora, they're all listed uh, along with several sort of key points about some of the operations that were going on at that time. So uh, to Fred's uh, comment there, it is certainly bigger than both of us. And it's been a, a, a rewarding and fascinating journey so far to, uh, you know, not only collaborate, but then to speak with people like you, Richard, and kind of just start to share the story and, and see it take shape and, and get more clarity. I can just see mountains of data from both uh, Fred's investigation and your dad's line of stuff that he had on it, including the actual journals with names in it. It has to be mesmerizing to see all that data come together and, and paint the picture a little better. Yeah, it really is just from uh, an investigative and an analytical process. And, you know, what happens, uh, Richard, with these kinds of cases is, you know, this is a cold case. This uh, is taking place in pivotal moments in U.S. history. And uh, that is fascinating to me just from the geopolitics of this. You know, you have a young Israel in many ways in 1973. Uh, it's not long after the creation of the country and uh, certainly the Holocaust. And here you have America working with Israel to help them protect the state. And uh, the personal relationships between Colonel Alon and Ted's dad to me is is fascinating, just knowing the interworking relationships of these liaisons between nation states. So um, we're still peeling that onion back. And um, but I must say that uh, it's as as I've looked at this case, uh, you really can't make this kind of stuff up uh, uh, when you start thinking about how our worlds have collided here. Definitely. And especially as if you look at the world from now back till then, you can see that there's still a lot of animosity towards that young Israel. Then there's still a very young country. We're not that old of a country. We just grew a lot faster than most of ever have. <clears throat> and seeing how many people do not like us as we get off planes uh, uh, and called we're called Westerners. As we go to the East, people just do not like us when we get off planes there, no matter what we're dressed as. I can imagine that animosity in the 70s when they can blend in and it was easier to get across borders here in the 70s it was easier to blend in because of what people looked like back then how they were kind of separated especially in bethesda maryland so it was probably kind of hard to pinpoint who it was but someone had to have seen something or known something oh for sure i mean uh one of the true heroes of this story who is not on the call with us but remains uh, a close friend of mine and i introduced him to ted is uh, one of the 
original cold case detectives from the police department, and his name is Ed Golian. And over the years, uh, we had uh, collaborated with this case. And, you know, again, this is a different time in law enforcement. You know, I started as a cop before I was a federal agent. And, you know, I had hunted down the original FBI agent, Stan Ornstein, uh, God rest his soul. He, he subsequently has passed away. But, you know, Stan responds to the crime scene that night by himself because you have a diplomat murdered. And, you know, heck, he had never worked a homicide before, uh, let alone a political assassination uh, inside America. Today, I mean, you can just look at social media and think of the hundreds of FBI agents that would be on the scene. Well, this is just one guy who had never worked a murder like this before. He shows up and he's trying to figure out what he remembers from homicide class at Quantico because they were doing so many uh Watergate leads during that time period and and foreign counterintelligence kind of things. And, and here he is now dealing with a violent crime uh, involving the murder of a diplomat. And and I'll never forget, he said he pulled out his Polaroid camera and like a tape measure because, you know, here the FBI is on the scene and the local cops are there thinking that the Bureau is going to really know what to do. And he said, hell, I really didn't know what to do. You know, the local cops had been dealing with more violent crime than I ever had. So it's just one of those moments in time in America from a law enforcement perspective where, you know, there is no cell phones, there's no DNA, there's no Internet. And, and things were just very, very um, uh, rudimentary when it comes to just forensics. Definitely. And obviously, uh, like you said, forensics. If you look now, even on the battlefield now, we have way more advanced forensic technology than you guys had in the 70s and early 80s for, for police work and law enforcement. And going into any any crime scene at that time, it was a bag, uh, paper bags mostly, and just dra- grabbing everything, throwing it in, and hoping you got everything that was at the scene and getting out of there as quick as possible. Oh, trust me, I know those days well. I uh, investigated many acts of international terrorism just with a... Uh, a small camera and what we used to call an identikit, which was kind of like a Mr. Potato Head, where we would piece together different uh, uh, heads and noses and eyes and show them to witnesses and try to do a photo array with that. And it was just a different, yeah, it was uh, just a different time when it came to just uh, investigations. And, And so as you step into the intelligence community, though, where Ted's dad is, again, at the Pentagon, Working, obviously, with Colonel Alon, you know, those kinds of exchanges to me are just fascinating. And um, I'm really, really fortunate and blessed that, uh, you know, Ted took the time um, not only to honor his dad's wishes, which uh, is simply amazing. Uh, and I'll say this here too, to you, Ted. I'm sure your dad would be very proud of what you have done. Um, and I just only wish that I had had the opportunity to talk to him. I was just going to say that was an amazing conversation. And to Fred's point on the Pentagon, the thing that struck me, because I remember uh, dad took me there when I was very young and you go through so many security checkpoints at the time. And it was a very unusual uh, structure inside the place. And on his desk, again, even as a, as a little kid, 
the papers all either had, it was like out of a movie. There was either top secret, they were stamped or everything was flipped over. So, you know, even, even a child can't, uh, can't view these documents. <laughs> so it really left wow. an impression on me too at that, at that point, like, wow, this is, this is a big deal. I just didn't know what kind of a big deal it was, you know, the degree of it. It's definitely a big deal. And uh, especially for you as a, a young guy going into the Pentagon, I know back then, I, I think there was like three different waves of security at that point where even uh, Pentagon or Department of Defense uh, ID card holders couldn't get past a certain point. They can only go so far inside the Pentagon unless yep. they had someone escort them. So it was a high, a higher alert of security then than it is now, really, because now everything's digital. So they just do facial stuff to get in there. But it, I bet it was very impressive for you as a youngster. Oh, yes. And one of the things that, that struck me, too, is the structure interior wise. There was a point that we got to where we went further into the building where it resembled a tunnel, i.e. there were no right angles on the, the walls or the ceiling. It was like a tunnel, like a cement sort of tube we went through at one point. So really interesting stuff. Definitely. So uh, as you finish the book, you'll see it's on, it's on Amazon right now. Were you satisfied with where you ended or are you going to continue moving forward with it? Well, you ask a good question. I, uh, I've said this to Ted and many, many others over the years, uh, Richard. Uh, this is the kind of case that I think uh, will probably um, haunt me to the day I die or uh, still have loose ends for a long period of time. I don't want to give away the ending of the book because um, there is what I feel to be some favorable resolutions at, at the end of the story. But subsequent to the book being published, the way that it's touched people uh, has, has really been amazing to me, such as Ted and, uh, you know, the people that have come forward with with new information over the years at times has just been somewhat extraordinary. And I, I think it's the kind of story that, um, you know, truly needs to be told. And, you know, if truth be, if truth be told, um, I, we certainly have more than enough material for a, for a uh, sequel. Uh, it's just, um, a matter of bandwidth of putting that together. But, uh, uh, I'm extraordinarily grateful for Ted for hunting me down and reaching out, and once I heard what his dad had said to him and learned of his dad's relationship with Joe, uh, I knew. I defer to Ted on where we may be going downstream with this story, but uh, we certainly have enough material and compelling information that I think tells a a human interest story here on how uh, not only this relationship existed between uh, Colonel Alon and Ted's dad, but just the fact that, you know, uh, a father telling a son to, to close something out for him when he's no longer here and hunting me down from that aspect and just the collaborative nature of what we've been able to kind of piece together to me is, is just uh, amazing as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. And, and to Fred's point, it, it brings kind of, in a way, closure in that I've connected with Fred to kind of tell the story that my father wanted to look into, but at the same time, an opening to shed more light on this and share it with more people in a fashion that is 
kind of driven by the collaboration between Fred and I as well. So i.e. The, uh, the film project that we're working on at this point, I think is going to be a way that we can uh, add some more to the story, uh, put some more of the dots together and actually put it out there for people to, uh, to see and enjoy. And I think there's the human interest part Fred mentions of, of honoring a father's wish. But at the same time, I think if we can, the more we can get the story out there, there may be other people who recall details from the time who were there at the time, who may be able to shed even more light on the case. And kind of like, you know, what Fred experienced with the book, we're hoping that that same thing can start to happen with, uh, with this next iteration of, uh, of this quite frankly, amazing story. I agree. I think this is an amazing story. And with the two of you collaborating on it, it's going to just get better. As, as you said, working on the film piece, uh, going forward, that'll bring more eyes to it because most people are glued to TVs now, uh, and especially in the last 18 months. That's about their lifestyle right now is TVs and DoorDash. <laughs> yeah. But the TV will, will get more eyes on it. And as we speak about it here on the podcast, in the event that some some listener has knowledge of this, how would they reach out to either one of you to maybe share a story they know about this? Well, we can, well, uh, we can certainly provide our info. Uh, this is Ted. I, I will you know, give you contact info to reach out to me. And, you know, Fred has his site and he can kind of share that as well. And we're, we're more than happy to, uh, to, to chat with folks. Sure. Uh, From my end, uh, Richard, uh, anybody that listens to this that might have information surrounding this case or wants to contact me or Ted, uh, please have them reach out to me via my contact form on my website, which is uh, very simply officialfredburton.com, officialfredburton.com. And uh, trust me when I say this, I respond to each and every inquiry that I get there, uh, especially concerning this case. Awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. So that way it's easy for them to find it if they don't, if they're not able to write it down right away while listening to it. Thank you for that. No problem. I appreciate both of you for taking your time to come on today. Any last words you want to throw out? Uh, this is uh, Ted here, Richard. Thank you for, for chatting with us and uh, collaborating with Fred and Ed Golian and, and sort of seeing this take shape is, it's just a terrific experience, and we're you know, definitely looking forward to sharing this uh, with more people, with a larger audience. Richard, I want to thank you for um, caring about Joe's story, caring about uh, Ted's dad, and for your interest in Chasing Shadows. So uh, we truly appreciate that. Uh, no problem. Thanks. Thanks again, guys, for coming on, and I'll be in touch with you in the future. Excellent. Thank you. That was awesome, chatting with Ted Andre and Fred Burton. If you think them linking in is a great story, you need to get a copy of Chasing Shadows. You will not be disappointed. It can be found on all places books are sold. So you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter or find someone that wants to support to help us carry us on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that would bring energy and a great story to the show, have them visit our website at themisfitnation.com and reach out to us. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are The Misfit.